it's really weird to hear yourself talk like you're right next to yourself. There should be God, so go ahead. Wait, try it. Test, test, test. It's an interesting. Yeah. And Dakota can turn your volume up. Yeah, so you feel like you'd be a quiet. Just you don't have to get louder. We can amp it up here. Oh yeah. The big thing is like just don't wherever you have, wherever you start your talking, you just stay, stay in that spot. Okay. So, cool. Is it on? It is on. Go ahead and say something. Well, it's really nice to be here, guys, and nice to meet Josh, and working forward to what I funded it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's cool to hear yourself like this, though. I feel like I'm on the radio. Leader, WRCO. Because you're actually hearing your business. is what it sounds like. Are we going? I'll be going. Yep, they're reporting. Okay. Um, I'm going to hit a quarter over here. And you're taking an off, right? Yes, I got you. Okay. Whenever you want to start, is uh, it's all yours. All right, here we go. Well, welcome. We're too good there. Yeah. Um, do you do you walk? Do we want to do introductions right now? For I start. Doesn't matter. I mean, we introduced ourselves on the first episode, so I don't bet there. Oh, we did. So do I try? You, you can just say that. I'm here with my dad. Yeah. Okay. There goes. Are we? Are we just? We're winging. All right. There goes. All right. Welcome, listeners. Thank you for joining us here at Gillette Pepsi's podcast. Uh, we don't sell razors. Today's episode is dubbed Perfect Pair. So I hope you're all excited for that. We do have Cal Erickson um, here joining us, who was former director of marketing for Gillette Pepsi um, a few years ago. He actually is my father as well. So <laughs> should probably, we should have probably off of that. One of the reasons I'm happy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So um, yes, thank you so much for joining us. Um, as usual, we are going to start off with just basically an icebreaker. So Today's icebreaker, we are going to do, um, in the tradition of Valentine's Day, being that it is February, we are going to do worst first. Um, so I'm going to be doing worst first date is what I'm going to be doing. Um, just to care, keep up with the uh, with the spirit of Valentine's Day. So um, I'll kick it off. So um, I met this girl through my sister's work, actually. Um, and so basically... I should we we exchanged Facebooks or whatever. I had no idea. However, we ended up getting communication. But once you pick her up, I worked restaurant at the time, so I worked in the evenings. So we went to like a, a lunch date, if you will. Um, and you guys know anyone who spent any time with me, I love to sing. I'm always singing constantly, um, which I'm sure is annoying to some. Um, but we're we're driving there, you know, having a good time. Um, we get out of the car, and I'm obviously nervous. So what do I naturally do? I start singing, and so you take you know 10 steps towards the door or whatever and she literally goes can you please stop singing and i was like oh this is not going to work so uh i i should have just been like yeah this isn't good we should probably just go but i uh endured the uh awkward lunch and um anyways we got through it it, it is what it is we didn't we didn't want to speak after that if that it feels kind of a deal breaker. Like you, you guys know, if I, if you can't, the man's got to sing. Exactly, my man's got to sing. 
Yes. And anyone who's ever worked with me at any of my other other jobs as well, um, they they know that I'm always singing constantly. So the fact that you couldn't for like 10 minutes handle it, it probably wasn't going to work. So anyways, hope you found the love though. Hope you did. So anyways, on to the next person you would like to go. I will go. So long. Uh, I've had pretty good luck with first dates. And uh, my last first date was probably the best. We'll talk about that. Just uh, celebrated five years of marriage, my wonderful wife. But uh, in college, before I met her, before I knew she existed, when I was still open in the field, I, I met a girl at a friend's house, and we had a nice conversation. We decided to get dinner the next day. Went out, took her to the fanciest place in Winona I could afford, which was Green Mill, which is five stars. But anyways, I, I decided to order something that most people don't order because it's usually not fresh, and I ordered a Euro from Green Mill, and uh, the date went well, and, and um, found out I was watching the show Supernatural at the time. I had it all on DVD. She was into it, so we went back, hung out with my roommate, and watched a whole bunch of Supernatural. But as we got home, my stomach started to turn. Turns out I got food poisoning, and I was too polite to say anything or ask her to leave. She ended up staying and hanging out with my roommate and I until about three or four in the morning. And so for a good seven or eight hours, I was cold sweats, almost shaking, stomach just in 25 knots, just waiting for her to leave. I could not ask her to leave because I was enjoying her company. But I will say that was the worst first date, just I could just, and behind the scenes, it is inner turmoil. Um, I, I have not. It took me a good, and zeros are my favorite for me. It took me two years to have an air. Done that. Day. But now I just stick to the try and true. You know, you go to the, you go to the dirty fair stand, you think it's going to give me food poisoning, but it doesn't. So, <laughs> but that is my worst first. Oh, wow. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a fun time. Not to be honest. No. That's how I usual. That's how most of my dates go, though. Food poisoning? Yep. <laughs> I started it off nice and warm. No, um, I haven't had a bad, I don't think I've ever had a bad bit. Um, haven't worn a whole lot of them, so it's hard to have a bad one when you don't go in a lot of them. Uh, but I will say that uh, my first kiss was not the greatest. Um, I think most people's first kiss is usually pretty awkward. Um, but I had to apologize after mine. So that's the relevant bit. And we need some elaboration out there. <laughs> well, I mean, it was like, you know, high school. Um, I was 16 at the time, and uh, I was, uh, yeah, I was leaving her house, and and then we kissed, and it felt so weird, because I'd never done that before, and it just felt like slimy, and I was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> and then I went, um, yeah, that was, uh, that wasn't a fun time driving home, I was just like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> Why would I say that? Um, but it is what it is. I feel like a lot of teenagers are the same way um, in that regard. I've, I've had conversations with some of my friends that are also in the same boat, but I don't think they apologize that. It's the worst thing you can say afterwards. Pretty much. Um, yeah, so not a bad first date, but that is the first intense, if you will. Brings back memories. My first kiss, I it was with Polly. I had a crush on her for a year. She was in fourth grade. They finally had the courage to run up. I ran up to her, and she had a big smile, and I kissed her right under braces. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I 
Anybody who looked at her again, she was still smiling with her racism that took off. <laughs> well, I want to talk about uh, not the first worst day, but I only talk about the first worst icebreaker so I can get the date. Well, this is about Caleb's mom. For six months, we had been friends, and she was my best friend. And one day, it just occurred to me, I cannot live the rest of my life without being married to Becky. And so after we got home from church, after I got home from church one day in my apartment, I figured out these ways to kind of break the ice. It's tough. I mean, we did everything together, like tobogganing and going to Bible conferences or what, whatever. Well, what happened was I finally got the courage and I had this plan laid out in my mind. So I dial, pick up the landline phone, 782-0561, dial it, and there she picks it up. And everything that I had rehearsed, I, it just, it disappeared. All I could think of was saying this, Becky, I cannot stop thinking about you. And the voice on the other end of the line said, oh, I think you want to talk to Becky. <laughs> it was Becky's sister. Anyway, I heard she still has a red face of embarrassment. But anyway, so one thing led to another and, um, now we have Caleb. <laughs> there I am. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for sharing. But hopefully the audience have appreciated it as much as I did. Um, it's a great icebreaker. Now let's talk about Pepsi. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I guess so. Just keeping on with the with the theme of the entire episode and just being a perfect pair. What is the uh, perfect drink with the perfect effect, if you will? So, I mean, whether it be like a barbecue, what's your go-to? Is it any? Go ahead, start to call it. Um, I would say a hot summer day and an ice cold Pepsi. Okay. It's just a bit easiest. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything ice cold in summer is good. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Pepsi just hits different in, in, in the summer. Um, I don't really enjoy cold drinks during the winter because it's cold. So it's like, I'd rather have a warm drink, but during the summer, it's like you get anything cold in a can in my hand, and it's probably the best tasting thing in the planet. Um, yeah, that would be my choice. Easy. Okay. I have to say, I'm honestly opposite for some reason. When it's dead cold outside, I don't like, I don't know why, but this last two weeks, I have shifted from getting my tumbler of hot coffee in the morning to a bubbler. And just for some reason, it's the perfect pair for me right now. You get Kids dropped off, quiet car, crack a can of bubbler, have a nice 30-minute drive to work, and it's, it's serene. That's, it's my favorite. It's, it's a nice little wake-up tradition or ritual I have. And I got to say, the best one for the morning is the cranberry. Cranberry puckered. I love that. It's my favorite. It's got that nice crisp kick just to get the day going. Absolutely. Well, my perfect pair is really diet Pepsi without anything else. When I get home from an activity, might be babysitting our grandchildren and you know, spend all this energy and now I walk through the back door and I'm thinking, you know, I love to sit down and just enjoy a light, cool, refreshing diet Pepsi. And so that's that's my favorite experience. The Pepsi in a couch. <laughs> it's good. Don't disagree. Absolutely. I I just love Pepsi with any food. Doesn't matter what what I'm eating. Like it's just for whatever reason that's that's the go-to for me. So I mean, obviously my favorite food is what's well, obvious, but 
wings, definitely. So, and pizza. And pizza and Pepsi, I don't know. Any sort of, any, uh, any what's your favorite pizza restaurant? It, it, locally, um, by far, Pizza Corral. Un- unbelievable. I'll be right now. Hopefully they're Pepsi. But it was, they, we'll end it up. It, exactly. But now I know they're right by our house. And it's cool. It's, it's a staple on here. In the community, um, I've not been there. Right, it sounds so good. So, some tree you just like walk up to all the hot sliders and they make a hard different pizza. Though. That's pizza, yeah. They're they're yeah. Closed. yeah. Closed. yeah. Closed. yeah. That was CPAP machine. So, it's a I didn't know I didn't need a CPAP machine. Go to Pizza Doctors, <laughs> but Pizza Doctors is really unique. And don't they have the exploratory surgery? Yeah, and, and Larry, the owner, is amazing, amazing human being helping people. So yeah, oh, I, I really enjoy really up in the kids. So, yeah, and that they would come around and be like, hey, what kind of pizza do you want us to make back? Uh, cool, let me choose one of them. Exactly. Back when I was in high school, uh, so state tracks always held here in lacrosse. Uh, and so we were watching one of my buddies running at state track. Um, we took a bunch of the kids from the team and we went to pizza doctors after the track meet. Uh, and, you know, us being high schoolers, we all had a competition of who could eat the most pizza since it was all you can eat exploratory surgery and whatever you want um so i had 17 pieces of pizza um with them like the hour that we were in there maybe um i don't think i had been one pretty sure there was a you know i was a buck 60. really <laughs> eating at 17 pieces of pizza 60 what? yeah it's like three percent of my body weight so um I wasn't the one that ate the most, but we decided to run around the building after we just we were trying to race. Who could run around the building? Uh, nobody puked, but um, I think I won. And uh, when I got on the bus, it was not a fun ride home because it's about an hour and a half drive back home after being injured in lacrosse. But I am sad that they're no longer a thing because I drive past it on my way to work every day and I'm like, what used to be? I didn't have to try to pizza crowd now. I guess so. It's taking the ground. Call Santa on the happy over. Pizza crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I died. It's so good. But anyways. Um, yeah. Unless anyone else wants to share. Well, I don't think we uh, we announced our sponsor of the podcast today yet. Which is the near pie denier. We did not. But we are sampling it right now. Too. Yes, we are. Yes. So let's pour that out. Um, our podcast sponsor of the day is Starry. Um, so you've probably been seeing this all over the place. You've probably been hit by Snapchat, TikTok, and over social media channels. Who would like zero? I am a full sugar guy. I'll try zero. I'll try zero. Okay, please. Nice. Let's go to I'm a zero guy. I don't need. No, but if you've been uh, keeping up with the NBA, right, Starry is a. Uh, partnership with the nba so we is we we've been pushing it a lot um it's our lemon and lime drink um if you like crms you're like sorry um it's new and improved it's uh yeah it's great formulation and um you'll be seeing this a lot more on our socials and in the stores so go pick one up absolutely it has a bolder taste than a diet crms bolder you can feel it it's really good. Even the zero, which, um, you know, if I can zero sugar, how do they make it taste so good? I have no idea, but <laughs> they do, uh, and it works. Have you tried the zero? Is that a, no, I'm, I'm a full sugar person, just like, if I did, I should. But I, 
I like this more than Sea Mist. My one hundred percent deal. Well, my go-to sick drink is like Sea Mist. Like if I have the flu, if I have strep throat, it's like that's Sea Mist all the way. It makes me feel so good. You know what? Though, going back to perfect pairs, when I think about it, it's kid of Sea Mist and oyster crackers. Just like I would lay in my parents' bed because they have a TV, about sixteen, man, with the oyster crackers, the bus Sea Mist, and then just like that's what I could eat. Really yeah, sick. So it just goes back that for some reason the saltiness. I'm not filling the line. It's a perfect pair. Yep. Yeah, it's perfection. Yeah. <laughs> perfection. All right, we are gonna switch gears. We're gonna throw up a graphic here for our um nod audio listeners. Uh we're talking about the Rockstar Rail Jam series. So basically we're going to be uh hosting a competition at local uh ski hills. Um I would later talk about the show graphic. Well, you can still talk about it while we look at the graphic. That's true. I have one about our nine a bit. Small. You're right. You're right. I mean, uh, listen. Yes. I, I don't get smarter. Fortunately, you're added all of this, which is very nice. I'm not. I know. <laughs> Where's your here? Is that the so my second? <laughs> my second podcast. Uh, so March 11th, we're going to be. Uh, or sorry. February 11th, we are going to be at uh, Mount Cato. Um, February 18th, we are going to be at Coffee Mill. And then March 11th, we are hosting the finals at Mount Lacrosse. Um, you can come to all of them. It's going to be a series. So you're going to, if you place top 10, you're going to be accumulating points throughout the series. And then there is a final winner uh, at Mount Lacrosse. So what exactly is happening at Royal Gym? Like what, are, what, what events are taking place? It's going to be, so there's going to be uh, skiing and snowboarding. Um, the easiest way to explain it for those who don't know what a rail jam is, is it's like a mini X Games. Basically, you're, there's going to be boxes, rails, maybe some kickers, some jumps to, so basically features of different variety. Um, every every location is going to kind of have their own twist on, what, on what's, going to, what's going to happen. Uh, but there is going to be first, second, third place winners for 16 years or older for skiing and snowboarding. It is cash prizes. And then for 15 years and younger, uh, it's sway bags, basically. Nice. It's opposition. But if you're 16 years or older, you can you, you can compete at all of them no matter what age you are. But if you're 16 years or older and compete at multiple events, you're going to be tallied up points. And then there's going to be a series where and they're in like a rock star operating at snowboard and um, also just a, a set of skis if you're in the skiing competition. But and some rock star. Are you in the slopes? I'll be there. I will not be competing. You don't want to see it. I mean, I'm sure you want to see me. I do. Oh, I, I, but I will, uh, I will not be doing that. I'll, I love, as much as I love snowboarding, I lived in Colorado for a while, so as much as I love snowboarding, um, I cannot get features. And for the general public, is there any prizes for them? Absolutely. There are going to be giveaways, sway giveaways all day, free rock star for, uh, for anyone who's attending. Uh, that's, a, that's a great point. Uh, and just, Live DJ, yes, yep. And it's going to be a party at H one. Absolutely, it's going to be a, it's going to be a great time. Um, you don't need to compete to attend. A general public can come as as uh, my dad pointed out. Uh, yeah, hope to see everyone there. It's going to be great. Yeah, and very much looking forward to it. Bob, do we have a copy mail on? It's close enough to drive. Yeah, for, I can wait. It's jealous I couldn't make it to Lacrosse last year. For it, it's a good time. Dad, do you want to speak on it? Well, it was very exciting. I couldn't believe the athleticism and coordination, especially for some of these young boarders. And they do not only 360, but they do it with style. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, 
that alone was worth the effort to come out, as well as the excellent uh, adult uh, competition. So overall, everybody, overall, it was really a great event, and everybody had a wonderful time there. And it was, I'm very excited to just build off of last year's success. So forever expanding it to all three divisions, it's going to be great. So, oh, it wasn't? No. No, it was just all across. It, it happened on a whim. I, uh, the old the old uh, pro shop manager, I, I used my roommate in Colorado, this good friend of mine, um, Rave, and uh, I called him out of the blue. I was like, I need to grow Rockstar, you know, need to, we need to slide Rockstar brand in that. You know, just trying to try to get the word out there, like, what can we do over there? And he brought up the whale jam, and then it just kind of happened dynamically. It was kind of a pipe dream for a little bit, but then we got on board, they got on board, and yeah, you know, it was like that. It was, it was. Yeah. So we're really excited for this year. Yeah, I got to say, you know, in Kamenda Ski Hills too, because this is not just us. You know, they have a lot of work going into it. They've they've been kind of hand in hand with Caleb and I in the whole work process of building this, and you know that. The effort is definitely on both sides of the tier. And so it's just really nice to get, you know, not just one, but three individual companies now that are, honestly, you know, they are competitors with each other in the region, but we've all teamed up and we have this big thing going. And it's it's just a really nice sense of community that we have within the, the, the three ski hills and Gillette Pepsi, just the, uh, the relationship that Caleb has built with them. It's been pretty enjoyable to be a part of the project. Absolutely. And to your point, I think they understand that give you back to the community is just as important. I mean, we touched on it in our last podcast. I'm um, just being involved in things like that. So I think they see the value because it does cost money to do this. I mean, they have to, they have to maintain all this, you know, um, all of the features they have to have, has to be fully staffed, things like that. And if, you know, depending on the location, it might have to do it at a different location so it's accessible for everyone. So um, there's definitely cost of both sides, but fortunate to be a part of it. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are going to transition to the uh, the thing we've all been waiting for. Daddy, ready to uh, tell us a little bit about what what you uh, what you used to do here at Gillette Pepsi, and just help share your knowledge with the general public. I'm sure everyone from them to hear what you know 30, 34 years working at Gillette Pepsi on both sides. Thank you. Yeah, I started in 1980, and uh, the significant differences between then and today would be in part, so many more SKUs today and so many more uh, types of brands coupled with package sizes. As an example, when I started, we had 10-ounce glass bottles and 16-ounce glass bottles, and we had eight-pack cans. That was the largest can package we had. Well, everybody else in the universe had six-pack cans, but Gillette Pepsi went to eight-pack cans. And the reason for that was we did our studies and found out that when consumers have a cold six-pack or cold sodas in their refrigerator, they drink it. And so they go to the refrigerator, the six-pack is gone, but with the eight-pack, you have two cans left. And, you know, they drink it in about the same amount of time as the six-pack. So net that on that, the consumer had a better value. The retailer sold more product with a higher top line revenue and the same margin. And we, of course, had lift on our volume. So just that little packaging change made a significant difference for all three core groups. Now, the thing that was most important in the marketing department was communication. And the communication had to happen 
in this way. We understand that there's three legs on this, a three-legged stool. Each one of them has equal importance. The first leg would be our employees. How do we communicate our goal to our employees? The second would be the, con uh, the uh, consumer. What kind of value do we have for the consumer? And thirdly is our customer whether it's retail or whether it's a vending department, our, and the, our, our customer that has to have the ability to have a point of sale. So having said that, the keys to successful marketing are value. In other words, what is this worth to every one of those three entities that we just talked about? Having said that, when you take an employee, when we come out with a program or a product we give them talking points. It's not just features. We have to deal, uh, portray to them the benefits that they can communicate to the retailer. And so the number one thing about our employees is making the offer believable. Believable. And that means that they will become excited about it. They'll have the tools to be successful and go sell it in, whether it's gaming distribution on a new product or whether it's incremental facings because a Mountain Dew is soaring and 20-ounce bottles, or whether it's gaming an incremental footprint in the bakery department on a 20K stacker. So make whatever our offer is believable. And so having said that, we need to consider the retailer. And there has to be some value in that for the retailer. So as an example, only as a small example, maybe we want to get a 20K stacker of bubbler in the bakery department. And so we might come, in, come up with a need statement, K-N-E-A-D, need. That will be right in the sell sheet. And so within that, you might go for the holidays and say something that's true, like during the holiday season, gatekeeper shoppers look for a healthier beverage when they're buying their bakery goods. And that's true. So you put that in. So what that means to you, Mr. or Mrs. Retailer, is this, that when that extra footprint will pick up incremental sales at a 30% margin and, and you're satisfying your customer uh, by giving them a healthy beverage bubbler. As an example, there the retailer gets it. Oh, it's just a, you know, a 20 square inch stacker and it's going to be for three weeks and this makes sense. And so it's believable again. And so with the consumer as well, given that the stats that we have is that they do look for something and uh, that would go in when they're thinking about the holidays, they're thinking about their family, they're uh, intuitively, they're thinking about healthy beverages. And not only that, they might not have thought of picking up a beverage when they get the bread, but oh, spontaneous, posturing will bring that into my basket. So marketing in short is simply the nerve that moves the muscle, the nerve that moves the muscle for our employees, for the retailer, and for the consumer. I have a question, Pam. So of, uh, in your past, there have been a lot of um, ideas that have came actually from the retailer. So like you're, you're, you brought up about how um, in the in the holiday season people are looking for a healthier option. Does the retailer ever come to you with that sort of truth and then you adapt, or do you usually have to do the research? Usually we have to do the research. However, 
to answer your first question, yes, retailers have come with ideas. I'd like to do this. Uh, this is the vision, and I'd like to know if Pepsi wants to be a sponsor of it or participate with it and support me with it. Anytime you get a retailer that's excited about their idea, we are all in, right? And we will bring top spend to make this successful. We will embellish it. It'll be profound. Not only that, what will determine it, it'll be a historical event because next year we'll be doing it again and the following year we'll be going doing it again. So great question. Um, to, to touch on that, um, it, it does happen. Uh, so last month we uh, did a sampling about with Celsius. So we're, we're, now, we're now able to sell Celsius in, in our division. Um, and so Hybe approached us with doing, doing sampling. So it, it does, it does happen yeah. um, from, from the retailer side, but um, it's just whether or not it's, you know, what they're looking Yeah. And if it's what they're looking for at the right time, things right. like that. So, yeah. and even when we get those requests and my, my idea is, you know, is this something that is going to benefit them and us, you know, there are definitely some ideas where I'm always willing to try it, but there's sometimes there's caution. You know, is this juice worth the squeeze, or do you guys want to take a little bit and have some more conversations so that you know we have some time to prep and we're not just throwing something in there because we want to say yes. You know, can we say yes in six months when we have time to do this correctly and ensure that you get the best features and benefits out of this program? And that's something that I really, really. It's hard being in the marketing department because we don't really have direct ties to a lot of the retail accounts that goes into the sales and the account executive or account reps and um, you know the merchandisers that are actually there in the stores on a daily basis talking to these people. But that is you know where, where Cal talks about communication is key. That's we rely on the sales team to communicate the needs of our retailers and our customers to us so that we can better act on that. And I'm actually I'm working on. A program working with the mentor program right now, which will have to start opening up more lines of that communication so that we can start talking about those things more. But there's definitely, it's really exciting when a retailer wants a project because we don't have to sell this into you like you actually did. Yes, that sounds great. We just had a um, wood mitts in the cross. They're probably the large, one of the largest grocery stores in the area. And he approached uh, Josh Miller over there and said, hey, I've got this empty wall. Do you want to fill it up with custom posters? And you guys can put your stuff up there and advertise your products. And that was just absolutely yep. And so we went into maybe a three-week conversation. We deliberated. We did some proofing, some mock-ups. And you know, we got it up, and it looks great. And it's it's really helped with some sales. We can get you know more advertising now and on just that one wall. He gave us a whole wall. You know, and I think that really speaks to the quality of communication our sales team has with those accounts, being able to lock in those programs or features in a store or, you know, an extra shipper or something. Just having people that are willing to stop and have a conversation and figure out what's best for the other person is a quality that our company has really, really nurtured and found that skill in hiring those people. And so it's, it's just great to, to you highlight, you know, under your, all of your experiences, communications key. In my interview with Alicia, she said, what's the most important thing at work as a good communication? Cannot be a marketing person without knowing how to communicate. Right. So it's awesome that the, you know, the tie comes through throughout the decades. It's still main priority. Good. Very good. I think I'm most interested. Um, so looking at looking at marketing trends, and obviously they, they, they're rapidly always changing, but 
what were some trends that you experienced uh, during your tenure at Gillette Pepsi? And looking at those, the second, the follow-up question of that is, how do you think that has affected today's marketing as, as a movement in the future as well? There was suppression of sugar products and that caused a need for innovation. And I would say the innovation would have come, but it was accelerated because of the immediate need. Therefore, the proliferation, which I referred to early, uh, not just new soft drinks, but the Starbucks partnership, the Lipton partnership. I'm not sure what juice you're partnered with now, but in my day it was Ocean Spray. And, uh, you know, we could go on. The explosion of water, kind of jokingly, in 1980 when I started, we would say, oh, one day we're going to be selling bottled water. Now look at the impact of bottled water on 2023, what it will be. And look at the innovation of water products. This has to do, again, with the most important point that we always have to remember, and that's in value. The consumer values water, uh, as an example. Uh, so the impact on the market today would be uh, good SKU management by your, your leadership team, and, of course, empowering your sales force with the right programs at the right time with the right goal in mind. And then this value statement, again, would be the retailer will value us. Our customers value us. And that would be very true. I really believe this with all my heart, that nobody does a better job distributing than the Gillette Cups Cola Company. Nobody. Yeah. How about this, the, you know, the media channels when you'd be on the expanding growth of different avenues you could take to get a message to the consumer? You know, did you guys see that growth in the 90s with, you know, and getting the internet as a, as a household thing and bringing that in? Was, how was that and how did Gillette Pepsi, you know, adapt and start utilizing the new technology as it came became stronger? Let me preface that by saying attention spans decreased especially in the millennials too, and younger. So that affected the kind of media that we were, uh, we were creating and that we were running. What significant changes happened would be the diminishing role of radio. Now we use radio today, I'm sure, still. We need that street presence. We also know that they reach a particular group that there's, people, there's kids out there that are old, that are eligible, over 12, I don't know what the new rules are. But there's kids out there, they don't, can't afford smartphones. And the radio is their, their go-to. And so we need to talk to them. It's not just that, but we have people still involved with listening to radio because of the local content. But how it changed in our creativity was the shorter commercials, now, from a distributor standpoint, um, we would work with our the concentrate company who, who would create commercials, and we would keep our finger on the pulse of where they're going. Are they doing uh, social medias? And they are. So then that led us 
manage our existing portfolio and we ultimately changed in that we might not be buying television or cable and taking those resources to out of home. I think that I'm assuming Alicia made the decision, but the out of home impacts been so good in the lacrosse market where I live. Those kinds of things are important. I'm not sure I answered your question, but there has been a change. The significant one is the attention span, so we have to go fast and quick and furious. And then coupled with where we are reaching them and how we are reaching them, as well as their their values, what they see is important and value back to them, that has changed. So this group in here has to determine what that is and direct it. Yeah. And it's becoming a more and more challenging job too, because you know those values and those ships with the technology and how much information is coming in, people give you perspectives on a daily basis. So something they might hold near and dear last week, they could have more information on it and change their mind. So you know, just having that pulse on the community and just the the shorter retention span. Caleb and Dakota and I were talking about how a lot of people with technology now have a need for the immediate ratification. And so it's sometimes it is a short retention span. So sometimes this doesn't serve me, right? I don't need to do this. This is, I, I'm not going to stay here for 30 seconds because I can do something that's going to fulfill me quicker. And so that is, you know, when we have those messages and like, how do we get someone to stay for at least 10 to 15 seconds and have some sort of gratification or added value to that? And a lot of it has become a comedy in Dakota's role and with TikTok and social media and tying our products or things and just brand awareness into just being open and candid and funny. And it's it's really got a really good reception, but it's something that 10 years ago, I don't think, I think it would have been laughed at. You know, it's, it's really, really fun to be in such a fast paced place. Uh, I just it's really cool even thinking about you know, just the evolution of how you really were in the the middle of just a big exponential increase in this technology and society just blooming up throughout the nineties and early two thousands. It's really cool that, you know, just to have someone here to talk to and experience that huge shift in, in our whole world really. I mean, we live and breathe marketing for forty plus hours a week. Sure. Sure. That's pretty neat to hear. Yeah, I would say um, it is a lot of marketing, especially for for us as Gillette Pepsi, because so many people don't really understand that it's not Pepsi, like we're Gillette Pepsi, like we're not PepsiCo. Um, and I don't think uh, a lot of customers understand how Pepsi gets to the shelves. Um, that we are the ones supplying it in this area, right? To let Pepsi is the ones doing it. Um, when we see Pepsi, we just think, oh, it's Pepsi. Like, it's the big company. <laughs> it's on the shelf. I'm buying it from Pepsi, but you're buying it from us. Um, and so on social media, it's always difficult to, I guess, convey that to the consumer um, because I'm not necessarily marketing to the consumer and I'm not necessarily marketing to our customers. We're in this like middle zone of like, we're just wanting to push our products out there. You need to be in our area in order to like, for us to make profit from that. Um, so like with TikTok, let's say it's worldwide, right? So if I have a TikTok that blows up, it could be people from California, people from Texas that are watching it. And it's not necessarily benefiting us because they buy Pepsi from there 
it's not our market. So it's always hard for me to um, understand my role with social media um, and, and promoting our products. Um, I think the way that we have, have done it in the past with Facebook, because Facebook's usually a place that you connect more with your community, you have friends that are in your community, um, and we get a lot of followers that way. That's where we do a lot of our giveaways. So it's a little bit more direct on Facebook, but then you have platforms like Instagram and TikTok where you're trying to get in followers um, and, and it can go viral anywhere. And it's so difficult to really gauge the effectiveness of that marketing. Um, but I think that's something that we're all just kind of learning at this point since we don't really sell product online uh, where a lot of social media, that is what you're doing is right. Trying to just get people to buy a product. Yeah. For us, it's, it's just so different. Like we're in this very weird space. We are, you know, another thing to add on that, that weird space that we're in, you know, any owned in sales or marketing, they're going to understand the B2C and B2B. You know, you, you got a, a business to consumer company where they take a product and they sell it to the consumer and the consumer uses it. And you got a business that sells to businesses. We are somewhere in a gray area between that. And this is, you know, a role and just a direction I've never been in with a company because we are advertising to the consumers, but we do not sell to the consumers. We sell to businesses, but we need to promote selling our product to the people that aren't buying it from us and, and so that we can sell it to the people that are selling it to them. Yep. So, you know, we have these two avenues that interweave with each other and, you know, we need to have consistent messaging, but at the same time, it, it does get difficult to think about what message are we sending to this, you know, how do we navigate this strange area that we are within just being a business, you know, who do we really want to talk to today or who, who do we want to hear this message and why? And so that's something that's really come into play with, you know, coordinating the events and programs that we have and just making sure that the consumers are going to get hit and we're going to have success there. But we also need to tie in the retailers that are going to be helping us uh, enact these programs and do that and make sure they're happy too. And so it's, it's a really, 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 uh, I'd say it's a double-edged sword. You know, it can be sharp. It can cut through something really well, but it can come back to kind of get you sometimes if you're not thinking about both sides of the, of the field here. And, you know, same, same with TikTok. You know, we are more so going to the consumer, you know, and it's not helping us generate our personal sales per se, but it is in an indirect way because when we create that brand awareness, they might go to their preferred store and, and buy our product and then that store has to order from us. So it's like, it's, a, it's just a, a, a nice circle, you know, it's like an Ouroboros snake, the snake eating its own tail. And the analysis is just, it's, it's a, a cyclical marketing event where we're just kind of going through, you know, fast to the business and the consumer in the better. One thing that might shed a light on that is the type of product you're selling, meaning this, is it instant consumable or is it take home? And so your social media will have more impact than instant gratification. Yep. And so therefore your small format, your convenience stores will be impacted more on that. Secondly, when you get into take home, there's so, only so much real estate, but there is flexible real estate. So how can we equip our frontline performers so they will make it believable having the ideas to 
excite them and that they have a story that is going to benefit the retailer. That's the challenge coupled with that. After we get it, then how do we execute it? But I just want to emphasize to this group the importance of point of sale. The colors that you use, the sizes that the signs are, the images on the signs are all impactful. Coupled with the accuracy of pricing. Now you've heard this, I know you've been in meetings, but the basic blocking and tackling, yeah, to use that expression, we have to do that to be successful. This will make the retailer successful. This will make us more valuable in their eyes. And, then, and so when we go back to the initial discussion here, the instant consumable products can be influenced more by social media. Yeah. Now we haven't really, a lot of times we do, you know, product highlights, brand awareness, things like that. So I don't know, we'll have to add some conversations later on this week come up with some different tactics and see what happens. And I uh, am nine years removed, but I mean, I don't know if you still do ASPs, account-specific programs on media, but that might be an option that you discuss with social media for small format especially. Yeah, so I mean, that, that kind of goes into, you, know, you referenced how radio was something where not only you have the listeners, but you also have the radio team that goes out on the streets and know they're identified by the community because that's who they listen to on their morning drive and things. So uh, radio really does do some of that street team work for us. And, you know, we had a big destination due program last year where we gave away three really big vacation packages. And, you know, radios, uh, our radio stations teamed up with us and we gave them product and swag and they went out and then they had account specific qualification spots where, you know, you can sign up to get a vacation and only have this Walmart access retailer on these days. And so, you know, it was, it was a bear to, to put together all the different QR codes, thinking as to the different URLs, the different entry form, you know, like 40 some entry forms because they're all you know, retailer specific and then site for entry those, but it does make it really and it makes it more attainable and believable, like you say, because it makes it local, it gets up someone in their face and it sees them there. If you have a radio-led uh, ASP, come specific program, it can be embellished and made more powerful with your social media. Yeah. And so now, you know, with, with changing technology and now a lot of, and we're still using radio, but with some of our younger demographics, we know that they're listening to streaming services rather than live radio. So we're shifting to that. But when, we, when we're not using radio, we're losing our street team. So now the new thing that we're taking in is brand ambassadors and we're building a program for that. And so, you know, it's kind of like a sponsored athlete or something, okay. a college student that just, you know, their job is to post on their social media channels about a product they like at least twice a month that they get some free product or swag. And this is a program that a lot of companies have been taking on over the past few years. And it's honestly been, I think it's becoming one of the main uh, influencer marketing app because a lot of people say the strongest marketing to get is word of mouth. Man, when you get someone that you may have in your class or anything, you know, that and that word of mouth stuff that goes around, people believe it because it's coming from someone they just watched say it right in front of their face and not from a scripted television or something like that. So, uh, you know, kind of talking about that street team and how we're developing. So that's how we're shifting our gear because of just the needs and the value of our 
um, develop in target markets as they're coming in with the new technology and the new needs. So it's, you know, radio still has that big impact, but it's also, we need to decide when to use it and when not to, and for what product to use it for, because certain products definitely gear younger and search and go higher. So there's a lot of back and forth and play with that. And it's a lot of fun to see what happens with it too. Yeah. Yeah. And it. Coming up with uh, one of the things that we tried to do and we became successful at was coming up with you know, dealer loaders. Mm-hmm. But having dealer loaders when you order them for the manufacturing company, to have them being able to be split up. Mm-hmm. So if you have a large store, uh, you might, they might get the whole, but you know, they give us the 300 case display for three weeks and but they have room to do all of the merchandising and have the other essentials, the loaders in it, they might get the whole kit. But on the other hand, you might have to divide the kit into two stores. So if you, the kit costs the bottler $200, well, the small store is not going to have the bang as the big store in volume. And so then we divide it up and this is a $100 dealer loader. Yep. So those kinds of things are impactful. It helps members helping the frontline performers. It gives them options. They embrace that, and uh, as well as helping the overall picture. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, when we're going through all the our uh, programs that we're developing to be here with the sales team and the marketing team and all that, almost every single sell sheet that you will find in our files. There will be a large format, a small format version, because we know that you know small format can't carry that quantity, or they're not going to have as much return on this particular product. So we're going to have that dealer motor for them that's going to fit that budget, and you know, have that good ROI. We're still, we're all going to be happy. Yeah, and then, you know, so that that was actually a, the most difficult thing for me to figure out when I started. I said, why is there two of everything? It's just like just barely different. What's the difference? <laughs> and, and but no, it's it's really nice and. And that also speaks to the communication and, and being open and talking about what is going to serve you guys best and what is going to make you guys happy and what's going to be easiest for you. And I think that's a focus that Gillette comes to take, so not how other companies do. Well, we have to never forget the basics in our industry. From a marketing standpoint, we need to be leaders. We need, need to stretch out where the consumer trends are switching. But my point is this. We have to emphasize the basics. We need to clean the shelves. We need to have the proper flow of the products uh, as they're merchandised. And you could go on to that, but we, we need to remember that. It's like buying a vending machine. You pay the sales department to go out and, and send them to buy the vending machine, let alone the $3,000 we already spent on it. Mm-hmm. And then you have it in place and the retail price is set properly, but we don't stop to fill it. What's gonna happen? Well, nothing good. And so that's just a rough example of what I'm trying to communicate. Just that we need to always remember, as marketers, we always need to remember the basics are so important. Absolutely. Yeah, it goes into the nitty gritty, what's new, what's fancy and everything, but really enjoying the tap, the tried and true on your, on your back burner and knowing that that's always important. Absolutely. Right. Well, this may have been a good conversation. I think for um, listing just to actually understand what goes behind marketing a Pepsi product, um, it's helpful to know like what we actually do um, and how we come up with innovation is a lot to do with our marketing. Um, 
so understanding like you said values is how we come up with our innovation and new products that um we deliver on um, new cases new sizes um it's all it all wraps up into this point big bunch and there's so many different people that are involved with it like for me doing social media might not necessarily um pricing and different pictures on point of sale might not be my role but i i can still figure out what people are wanting to see online right um which could deliver into that point of sale type stuff um but i think we have one last thing that we have to do before we wrap up the podcast if we're still able to uh transitioning into the super bowl right well yeah so obviously super bowl is huge it gets all it gets all of the uh it's one of the biggest televised events in the world. Um, so obviously it gets all the credit, but I do want to talk a little bit the underdog, the Pro Bowl. The Pro the Pro Bowl. So, so that's what we're gonna focus on. All right, so basically here's the game. We need to create a Pro Bowl lineup uh, with your favorite um, Gillette Pepsi flavors. So basically I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna make it a little bit, a little bit easier, but it's gonna be categorized. So when you look at like your QB, it's like your, your, your standard, like you can't you can't win a Super Bowl without a QB, you know. So like, when you look at it, CSD, what like what it's pretty much started at all. Pepsi, what what are you gonna go with as far as? All right, as far as okay. So this so a CSD is what we have to. Yes. I would have to say uh, we go with Nitro Pepsi. Okay, it's got a gun on them. There you go. <laughs> I, I do have to say for our listeners, CSD is carbonated soft drink. Yes, absolutely. Some other pot, but we, we just have all of our cheese. <laughs> what, what, so would nitro be considered a CSD? Well, does that carbonation? Technically, no, but I like it. It's it, it's that it's that like you know that dark horse. I wrote yeah. I, I like it. It's a it's a nice passion. Good guys, and it's it's Aaron Rodgers. That's a stretch, but and is it that that really got? Well, if it's. If it can be, I'd lead with Mountain Dew. Yeah. Nice strong. It's your mobile car back. But you lost it. Yeah. Double threat. All right. I, I'm going to go Pepsi just because I'm a heavy consumer of it. I think it's it's essentially what's starting it all. You can't, cannot do it. So, all right. We're going to switch over to um, your wide receivers. So, on this, I have, I know we're going to touch about this in the future, but what's your number one? Mountain Dew flavor. Mm. I'm seeing Splashy. It's our number one. Everyone's got their their uh, wide receiver one. Now I stop. It's all the craze. Yeah, I mean, I'll go first. Uh, the Maha Blast. Okay. Not not like Summer LTO. It's good. Well, Summer LTO, but Taco Bell always had Maha Blast, and that was like the drink. Man, if you went to Taco Bell, you were only getting Maha Blast. Otherwise, you're wrong. Uh, so. I'm gonna lead off with that. Yeah. I gotta go with the 2022 fourth edition of Voodoo Mystery Flavor. It's just it knocks out of the park. Honestly, I was sad it's gone. It's one of those things where I wish it was the same flavor every year, so like have it in 2023. But I've got an expired can of it in my fridge. We'll see if I crack it open if I really need it or not. But but hold out, I'll, we'll see. But uh, but yeah. Fourth edition voodoo. It was great. It's great. I'm the velvet bolted, you know. I love that raspberry. All day. 
Well, you said wide receiver. What if it's a tight end? I and I was going to go flex later, but no, that that'll be fine. What, what do you got? I'm tight. I do. Yeah, okay. There, there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's like your veteran. You know. Yeah. That's like your Fitzgeralds or whatever. Well, no matter what your channel is, those two the, are the leaders. So you got you have to emphasize those, even though the others are more fringe and they're important for incremental and development. Um, yeah, feel them die too. But I go. All right. Well, we'll jump right into the the flex position. So this is that this is that hybrid player. Obviously, um, being Gillette Cutsy, um, being a part of Wispad, we have Bubbler. So what is your favorite Bubbler? It depends on the time of day. I'm not gonna lie. I actually, I, it's weird how systematic I get with my bumblers, but in the morning, since either gonna be the cranberry pomegranate or the blood orange mango, and then later in the day, it's gonna be tropical dreamer or the tile berry nectar or toast elixir. I gotta go a little sweeter in the afternoon, but I like the tart crust. All right, you got people up. Oh god, <laughs> what are you gonna do? That twisted elixir. That's number one. Oh gee, you know I like it. Tropical Dreamer. And yeah, cherry. Harry Guava. It's the cranberry for me. Yeah. yeah. It's the cranberry. It's a toss up. The twisted elixir is just more impregnable throughout the day. If it was morning all day, if in the morning, then it would be cranberry. But just that's that's like my coffee substitute right now. And that's why Mr. or Mrs. Retailer, we need to carry all twelve brands. That you know. Better for just like this because our sales right there. Appreciate it. Put it on still. Once a marker, always a marker. <laughs> All right, so we're going to switch running back. So you're, you know, goal line. You need one more yard. So obviously we got to go energy on this one. And what's your energy? Celsius peach vibe. That's a yeah. I trust them. I mean, the one's pretty good. Ben is good. I I like gummy peachos, and it's basically like uh, energetic can of gummy peach drinks, and it's great. No, no, I'm I'm excited that we're selling Celsius now. Yeah, I'm excited to see how how we're gonna how we're gonna do with that. So, uh, I would say my energy, my running back, has got to be Rockstar, Pure Zero Silver. That's just Sinsdale. So, two hundred forty milligrams of caffeine. It's a lot, but for a young buck like me, it's not <laughs> for hard work or two. Yeah, it's in a clutch. I go for a pack, emphasizing Rockstar. Okay, so I mean, you're you're going on it. What is it uh, like a running back committee? And just doing the four pack. That's right. That's, I love it. I love it absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna go Rockstar original. I uh, punched was up there for a while, but I had original uh, since I you know started working at Gillette Pepsi. I I can't go back to the punch. I just like the OG. So open on the bench like a red. Yeah, yeah. That's honestly fine. just the the new the Rockstar Recovery Mango Lemonade. That's very good. It is so good. And it's got the collagen and coconut water, and it's good for your joints. Got a little health, got a little ca- way too much caffeine for me. So I drink about three quarters of a can, and the rest goes on the fridge for it. <laughs> I don't know if shake it, but no, those are, those are good. I had like three of those at the Rockstar. And yeah, I, when we got up at the, at the hotel, we had this little coffee machine, and it was didn't look great. So like, oh, I'll go down to the you know cafe area or the breakfast area and grab a coffee because I figured every hotel has cow pots and i asked the lady hey do you guys have coffee she goes no okay well i already checked in my car or i checked up at the hotel and then i didn't have coffee so went to the rockstar man and have a fridge ball for your rockstar so i had both for you wow just listening to you guys makes me thirsty yeah, yeah exactly they're big enough probably our neighbors too yeah <laughs> <laughs> all 
go buy some stuff. <laughs> oh man. All right, Dad, this one's for you. I know we touched on it, but uh, we're going to go inside that. So it needs to be, here are the categories. It's a little bit out there. Either a zero product, Starbucks, or chilled beverage. Okay, so this is epic. This is an unpopular opinion with a lot of people, but I love kombucha, and we carry the Kavita wine, and so that that uh, the pineapple, pineapple peach kombucha is amazing. Like that. I am a big fan of those. Like I don't remember if the flavor is called vanilla beet, but the vanilla straw Starbucks, the devil shot. Yep. That's right. Ready to go. What are the categories? Zero. Starbucks chilled beverage. It's like naked juice or something would be a chilled beverage. Yeah, I, I would go with a zero. I'm not sure about your portfolio right now, but thank you, the the starry afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm gonna go to your point. The Mocha Double Shot Espresso. It was between vanilla. Oh, it was so good. It's so good. You know, those got me through uh, the finals. Yeah, dollars. That's what it, for sure. It's always a drive home for infinite convenience store. Go to your quick trip, pick it up. That's the that's the go to. But now you got the triple shot too. We need that extra caffeine. Yeah, I do have those. Not just another old kind of city. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess in closing, just wanted to thank all of our listeners. Uh thank you, Count Erickson and former director of marketing here at July Pepsi. Thank you for your insight and the privilege. Absolutely. Uh yeah, just want to also thank our sponsor, Starry. You got, you've definitely seen it already. So, our sponsor, our brand product. Yes, yeah, they're sponsoring. Absolutely, 100%. Step of what's happening. Um, but yeah, I guess we just want to say thank you. And uh, last of all, we don't sell razors. And happen. Just over the one in here. Really? Oh, in an hour and 30 seconds. So, all on your podcast. Well, we're probably going to be cutting them like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, we'll cut a lot. We'll cut a lot. Leveled a lot of consumption. That was good, no, Dad? Yeah. yeah. Like, open mall. Too. It's funny, you know, you had that mean statement or the thing. And I, when I was in college, they were to at the heart of the viewership. I've known one ton of spam. But with FAV, the teacher had benefit. He 